hymn books for a reason, and uh, I think we got a song that's not in the hymn books, so we'll try to get copies to you in a little while later about it. But it ain't no thing, chicken wing. All right, we'll keep on rolling. Uh, but I'm grateful that you guys are here. I believe that uh, if you come here today prepared, uh, have your heart prepared for worship, and uh, have your heart prepared to receive what you need from the Lord, I believe that God will have something for you today. A um, couple quick announcements. First of all, uh, this evening we do have a Bible study for the adults. Uh, Brother Rick Jones will be here in the sanctuary. And then the Answers Kids Club will be going on as well uh, at the same time. So we want to say thank you to all those who came out yesterday to our Back to School Bash, to all those that helped, to all those that showed up, to all those that were a part, to all those that donated. Um, we had, I guess, around 30-some kids or a little bit more come throughout the time. Kids had a blast. We were tired. They were tired. Uh, there's cupcake icing everywhere. It was a great time. Uh, we had a good time, and we're praying that uh, we get some folks to, to be able to get their kids plugged in. We, we'd love to teach the Bible to these young people, and not just these young people, but as well. There's we, some things that we found yesterday. We have a, a church. Uh, excuse me, we have a community that's full of churches, but a lot of people that aren't in church, and they're looking for church. We've got a lot of people who are really looking for hope. And uh, I would tell you this, we need to get the gospel out there. We need, to love our, uh, we need to love our community. Take the gospel with you. We come here on Sunday mornings to gather, worship the Lord, to be filled up. Why? So we can go out there. You're going to spend a whole lot more time out there than you will in here. All right? So use this and, and be encouraged. Be strengthened and go out there and, and let us uh, be used of the Lord. Um, a few other announcements here. Um, this Wednesday morning, Kim and I will be leaving. I'm preaching a revival up in Michigan, and so just a few things to note on that. Um, this coming Wednesday, you guys are going to have uh, Brother Walter Terrell with you, so he's going to be doing Bible study this Wednesday night. Um, then next Sunday, uh, missionary A.J. James is going to be with us and doing Sunday school and morning service. And then Wednesday, uh, the 24th, Brother Tony Hicks will be helping to, to lead prayer requests and all that stuff, and Zeb Hicks, his brother, will be leading our Bible study. So praise God for that. Uh, you guys got a whole wide range of folks and some really great people who are coming in uh, to serve the Lord there. Uh, then as well, Thursday, August the 18th, that's this Thursday, the Seniors Ministry will be having a cookout. Um, join at uh, Hungry Mother State Park for a cookout. Devotion Fellowship meet at church at 10 o'clock, all right? And then Thursday, August the 25th, Red Cross will be here for a blood drive from noon till 4. And then for the women's retreat, um, the deposit for $50 is due now. That's coming up September 29th through October the 1st. And Debbie Vaughn of Christ Life Ministries will be the guest speaker. Now, in your bulletin as well, uh, you'll notice a little uh, insert handout thing. Um, this is an opportunity here for us to give back. We've, we've uh, done some different collections, and I want to thank you for that, for Brother uh, Paul Dudka up in Ukraine. Uh, we've got some other missionaries that are in need right now. And so we've got a missionary in Togo, Africa, um, and they work through other parts, other countries, uh, and in surrounding there. Uh, but it's Joybringers uh, Africa, um, the missionary specifically, Mati Amadome, um, they are having an upcoming event at the end of September. And uh, they have a couple times throughout the year where they have about 600-plus young people get to come in. They get to give out school supplies, food, uh, clothes. They get to preach the gospel all day long to these kids. And they have seen many come to Christ. But here's what they do then. They partner with the local churches. And then they get the young people who trust Christ who are coming to these events, plugged into local churches, and they get to follow up with them afterwards with the churches, with the pastors, with uh, the young people that come and their families. And so here's what their need is. Um, they, they need $2,500, and they're just looking not to necessarily raise it all from us uh, while we do support them, but they're looking to get a little bit of extra donation um, to make sure this event can, can get done. $2,500 in Africa goes a whole lot further than $2,500 
in America. VBS, average, right? And, and we did pretty good on our budget. Thousand bucks, right? But that's for a VBS of 30 kids. We're talking 2,500 bucks, and they've got school supplies, food, clothes to 600 plus uh, young people. And so um, the next few weeks, what we're going to be doing is if you'd like to give to this and you want to give a little extra for it, here's what you do. You can write a check or you can put cash, whatever you want to do, gold doubloons, whatever, right? Um, we even take Civil War money or something. <laughs> um, drop it off in an envelope and on there, uh, write Africa or Joybringers and it will get to this uh, missions group, all right? And we're going to be doing that through the end of this month. So just a reminder there, stick it on your fridge. We appreciate you. And I believe that God will bless uh, you uh, for giving and as well that God will bless his people for serving there uh, in that country. But uh, let's go ahead. We're going to pray this morning and we're going to worship the Lord. I hope that's why you're here today. And I believe that uh, God will be honored and glorified and that he'll give you exactly what you need today from his word. Uh, let us pray. Gracious God, we come to you this day. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for... Uh, forgiveness of sins we thank you for jesus lord help today be all about him to be focused upon christ to lift high his name lord that we would draw nigh to him that he would draw nigh to us lord that that we would experience your presence today that we would know your power uh, through the preaching of your word that we would know um lord that we would know you lord ultimately all things that we do today must be to know christ Lord, we, we often so focus on so many other things about church. We focus about the comforts and we focus about projectors and things. But Lord, ultimately all that matters is that you are honored and glorified. God, I pray that you would open up eyes today to see your word, uh, to see you, Lord. Open up ears to hear you. Open up hearts to believe you. God, I pray that today you would prepare us for the preaching of your word. God, that you would give us what we need. If we need conviction, can bring us conviction. If we need encouragement, bring us encouragement. Lord, today if there's a soul here today who does not know you, as Lord and Savior, I pray, God, that today that you would bring them to a place of repentance and faith. Lord, today, if there's a, a wayward believer, Lord, that you would draw them back into your fold, God, through your, your wonderful uh, hand as, as you are our good shepherd, God. And we just thank you, Lord, that you're able to drive away the wolves. You're able to draw in your sheep. And, God, we pray that you would do that today. Lord, I pray for protection, Lord, from our flesh. Protect us from, from the, the enemy who would come and, and bring about distraction or discouragement and would come to, to try to steal the seed away before it falls on good soil. We pray, God that great things would happen today. Lord, we trust you. We give this service to you today. And Lord, we pray that you would be glorified in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good to be in the Lord's house. Good to see everybody out. And blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Well, we don't have any screens, so turn to hymn number 746. Hymn number 746. He keeps me singing. He keeps me singing. Amen. Psalmist tells us in uh, 40, chapter 40, verse 3, He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Amen. Let's sing praise unto our God because He is worthy. We'll sing the first verse. And the last verse, he keeps me singing, hymn number 746. If you're there, say amen. I don't want to get ahead of you. I heard a few of you there, okay? There's within my heart a melody. Jesus whispers sweet and low. Fear not, I am with thee. Peace be still in all of life's ebb and flow. Yeah. 
song is hymn number 500 hymn number 500 saved saved titus 3 5 tells us not by works of righteousness which we have done but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the holy ghost saved by his grace and mercy Oh, me, not by my works, not by no one's works, only by Jesus, His mercy. Sing out. I love singing this song. I found a friend who is all to me. His love is ever true. song is hymn number 705-705. It is well with my soul. Psalmist tells us in 55-18, he hath delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me, for there were many with me. It is well with my soul. He hath delivered us. Oh, 
first. And Lord, haste the day when the face shall be signed. The clouds be rolled back as a permissible by both parties, you can shake a hand. But after you've done all that, you've earned the right to grab a seat now, okay? <laughs> okay. All right. Praise the Lord. Well, y'all just going to have to endure this next part of our worship hour. <laughs> Amen. I've got to sing a special today. Lord, uh, allowed me to do that, and uh, I want to honor him and glorify him. I don't want to be seen. I want you to see the cross. I want you to see Jesus here today, not me. But the uh, psalmist says in 51.10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. When God saved me, 1982, some of you remember it, some of you say poor I was, probably a lot of you, but anyway, he changed my heart that day. I had a different outlook on life, uh, seeing God in a different light, and I knew Jesus as my Lord and Savior. But that didn't mean the battles didn't stop. Right that very day, the old devil tell me, didn't nothing happen to you? But I got news from him, it did something happen to me. The Lord Jesus come into my heart and saved me that day and changed my heart. And he's still working on me. Praise God, he's still working on me. Change my heart, oh God. Change my heart, oh God. Make it ever
Close our eyes, bow our head, pray with me, please. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time we can come into your house and assemble together as a congregation of saints. We pray, Lord, that we would uh, honor you and glorify you and worship you here today in spirit and in truth. Help us to do that, Lord. Help us to love like you love. Help us to be more like you. Change our heart, Lord, where we can be just like Jesus. Father, we ask you continue to bless and help in this worship hour and this uh, meeting that we're having here today. We ask, Lord, that you would bless our pastor, strengthen him, make him a mighty man of God here today, Lord, and use him as your vessel of honor. And, Lord, use him as your voice here today coming from your word through him. And, Lord, uh, bless him, Lord, and just empower him with the Holy Spirit here today. And, Lord, uh, may each heart receive your word with gladness. And, Lord, uh, we'd be convicted where it's needed and encouraged where it's needed and be obedient through all that you say in your word here today and always. And, Lord, we love you. Thank you for loving us. We love you because you first loved us. And we just ask all these things in the Lord Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Okay, if you would stand again. And I believe with some uh, very, very good uh, people handed you out some papers here. That, and if you don't have one and you see somebody that does, scoot over next to them and look on. Worthy is the Lamb. Our God is worthy, folks. Amen. Brothers and sisters, our God, our Savior, is worthy. Revelation 5.12 says, Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. He's worthy of it all. Worthy is the Lamb. 
seated and now let's give our pastor a nice round of applause what wonderful worship that's been offered to the Lord today I hope that you sung with all of your heart I hope that we understand that truly every time that we sing these beautiful songs of the worth of Christ that we sing songs such as it is well, my soul, if you don't mind, I wanted to look back at a verse for just a moment that we missed. Boy, the I'm not going to sing this for you, but <laughs> my sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross. It ain't coming off. It's nailed there. And I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. Today, you cannot say that it is well with your soul if you have not went to that cross the first time for salvation. Today, dear saint of God, if you're struggling with your sanctification, as we've been talking about, if you're struggling through the storms of life, if you're struggling through trials and issues, today I would invite you to come back to that same cross where your sins have been crucified, nailed. They will no longer uh, to, to be there to have power over you. No, no Christ has conquered. Christ has called us more than conquerors. We are overcomers already. It's not to come. We're not just victors and overcomers when we get to heaven. We are victors and conquerors more than conquerors. Overcomers now. Not through our strength, not through our work, but through the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, what He has accomplished. That's why we can sing a song like He's worthy. Because He is. He is worthy to be praised forever and forever. And I would tell you this today. He is worthy of all of your attention, all of your worship, all of your gifts, all of your money, all of your time, all of your, all of your heart. The same way in which we sing verse 3 there of it as well, that our sin, not in part, but the whole is nailed to the cross, I would tell you this and remind you of this truth today. That so is that old man. 
Jesus died, when He died, when He was crucified, I am crucified with Christ. Not in part, but the whole. And I thank God for that. Turn your Bible with me to Luke chapter number 9 this morning. Some of you might have just had a heart attack. We didn't go to Corinthians. Uh, you thought I thought that was the only book in the Bible for a little while, didn't you? <laughs> Luke chapter 9 this morning. Luke chapter 9. Last week we ended with the thought, and you all gathered and did it yourself, and you looked like a bunch of fools, but I hope you got something. We talked about the difference between that closed up fist, thinking that you got authority, thinking you got might, thinking you got strength, thinking you got some sort of something, and letting go. It's the hands that lets go in humble surrender to the Lord that finds help. And I would tell you this, as I tell my own heart this, you, you need help. You need help for everything that you have going on in your life. Not just your problems, but you need help for your victories. You need help in your victories. You need help in your highs. You need help in your lows. Do not think that helplessness is a bad thing. Helplessness is the first step of faith. Helplessness is the first step to be sanctified and live a holy life before God. A surrendered life, a helpless life is the first step in seeing God use you. That's what we need today. Luke chapter 9, we're going to see verses 22 through 24 this morning. Jesus here says, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be slain and be raised the third day. Hallelujah. And He said to them all, If any man, notice that, if, that's a condition, any man will come. If any man will come after Me. There's your condition if you got the choice. There's your invitation if you can come and you can come. Will you come? Jesus ever stands today with His arms outstretched the same way He did on the cross with those nail-pierced hands that are prepared to receive you, but He will not receive a soul that has still got His fist ball. But He will receive every soul that comes. And He'll give help. Now look at this. He says, if any man will come after Me to follow Jesus, that's what we'd say we're trying to do today, isn't it? He says, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow Me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. Let us pray. God, we come to You this morning. We thank You. Um, Lord, we thank You for Your goodness. Thank You for the songs, for the worship. Thank You for the sweet spirit. I pray, God, that You would protect us today from our own flesh. Protect us from our watches. Protect us from our thoughts that wander. Protect us from our own sinfulness that goes so quickly astray. God, I pray that today that You would be high and lifted up, that You would be all that we see, that today we might see the cross, we might see that empty tomb, today we might see Jesus there on the right hand and making intercessing prayer for us. God, may we see all that we need today at the cross, may we see Your Word today, may we have eyes that see, ears that hear, hearts that believe today. God, I pray that You would protect my heart and my mind, allow me to preach not for these people, but for You and for You alone. God, that You'd be glorified, that You'd be honored. Lord, that You would do a work in hearts that only You can do. And God, that we would come today with open hands lifted up, open hearts lifted up because we are a helpless people. God, help us to see our helplessness so that we might be filled by faith, so that we might trust You, that we might see Your work accomplished in us, through us, but all for You, Lord. We thank You for this time. In Jesus' name, Amen. 
We've been talking there in Corinthians about the cross and how the cross is the power of God of salvation, but as well for sanctification. It is the cross that stands as the only way to save and to sanctify a man. You take away the cross, and you take away the only hope of salvation, you take away the only hope of sanctification. You take our only hope. If there is no cross, we've got nothing. If there is no cross, there is no hope whatsoever. Past, present, or future. And what we see in this, in the death of Christ, what we see accomplished there on Calvary, remember we talked about this in Corinthians. Paul writes and he says, to the Greeks it's foolishness. To the unbelieving it's foolish to think that you get life from someone else's death. And to the Jews it's a stumbling block because they want their signs and their wonders and their religion, whereas the Greeks, they want their philosophy and their academia. We always go from one gutter to the next, but there in the middle we find the cross standing tall and strong and blood-stained, not by your blood and not by the blood of any goats or rams or bulls or sheep, but rather by the Lamb of God Himself, who has shed His blood for you so that you too can be saved and sanctified through the blood of His cross that He might reconcile all things unto Himself, whether it be things in heaven or things in earth, things seen or things unseen. It is the cross that we stand upon anything. We come today and we must see our great need of this. There is not a time that we will outgrow the cross. There is never a time that we will outgrow clinging to the cross. There is never a time that we will outgrow the precious blood of Jesus. There is never a time that we will outgrow the old, old story. It still gets the job done. The work of salvation, sanctification in our life is done so that we may know, have, and experience all that the Lord Jesus Christ is and offers us. And what He offers us is Himself. The greatest aspect and need of our, of churches and of our Christian life today and of our individual life today, it's much more simple than what we make it out to be. And it is to know Christ. And the more that I know Him, the more that I will find that I will deny myself, die to myself, and direct myself to Him. That all of life will be lived by Him, through Him, to Him, and for Him. We will find that we put off our old life, that it's no longer there, that we'll take the life that we now live. It's not us, but it's Christ in us. Ultimately, and as we have on our sign out there, as our mission to know Christ and to make Him known. To know Christ is everything. What you think of Jesus and what you think of God determines every part of your life today. Every part. Not just the churchy part. Not just the little Christiany part you've got in your little waffle that you've sectioned off a time and a couple hours a week for. No, it is all of life. How you view Christ, how you view His cross, determines everything. And everything must be viewed in light of the cross today. Samuel Rutherford said, Come all crosses, welcome, welcome, so I may get my heart full of my Lord Jesus. Today, is that you? As you come to church, as you come to worship, come whatever may. Come whatever crosses, come whatever difficulties, come whatever challenges that I might know and have my Lord Jesus. That must be the heart of the Christian. And that is the heart, that is the motto, that is the truth of what a sanctified or a believer who is being sanctified looks like. Sanctification is this. Us knowing, learning, growing more and more, not how to imitate Christ, but rather living in identity with Christ that we are already dead and yet we're alive. We're dead yet living. How does this make sense? To the human brain, it is either foolishness or it's a stumbling block. But to Christ, to the Lord, it is the power of God. Sanctification is our heart growing more full of Christ 
as He transforms us from the inside out through the power of His cross. All of life is to know Christ and to see His life live through us. It is not so much that I would live for Jesus, but that Jesus would live for me. And in so doing, in the life which I now live, I live through Him. I live by Him. It's Him living in me. We now just become a body and a conduit for the glory of God to be demonstrated to this world. That's the Christian life. It has been called many things. It has been called the Christ life. It has been called the crucified life. It has been called the normal Christian life, and it is. It has been called surrendered life. And all the great men who have rode and called it all those things, you know what God calls it? Sanctification. You know what He calls it? Die to yourself and you'll find life. It makes no sense to our human minds. But yet, if we remember over there in Corinthians, and we go back to it for a moment, the foolishness of preaching, right? it, that, that's what gets the job done. And the wisdom of God is far greater than the wisdom of man. As a matter of fact, he talks about, he says, the, the foolishness of God, the, the lack of knowledge for God. And God lacks nothing. He says, the, the, the little part down at the bottom, the, just the little part of God, just take that much part of God, that's far greater than anything in this world. God has chosen the foolish things, the abased things, the despised things of the world to confound the wise, to confound the strong, to confound the religious elite. He chooses the way of the cross. The cross sanctifies us. As we consider His cross and carry our own. What we will find today is last week I told you we'd get more into the practical because I know everyone's itching. Well, how do I do it? How do I live it? As we said last week, the answer was simple last week. And it's the same truth today. Your work is to die to your work, to die to yourself, so that you can live to His work. To live in His work. And what He has done, what He's doing now, and what He will continue to do forevermore. Now look at this. As we see this, verse 22, Jesus saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be slain and be raised the third day. The first thing we must do today is to consider the cross. We must consider this. And this must be the very for- first thing, foremost thing that you do every single morning. You wake up, get to the cross. You wake up, go to the cross. You get to 10 o'clock in the morning, get to the cross again. You come to 3 o'clock in the afternoon, you need a cup of coffee to keep going, get to the cross. Get to the cross. Get to the cross. It's what we need. We must consider His cross. Here, Jesus' declaration of this in verse 22, what we find is that just in the previous passage, we've got the feeding of the 5,000. What a miracle that is, right? I mean, can you imagine? It is the Baptist potluck that never runs out of fried chicken or casserole. It keeps going and going, and God provides. And look at this. Right after this miracle, what happens? Back up to verse 18. And it came to pass, as He was alone praying, bless you, His disciples were with Him. And He asked Him, saying, Whom say the people that I am? They answering said, John the Baptist, but some say Elias, and others say one of the prophets of old is risen again. He said unto them, and this is the key question today, yet still, but whom say ye that I am? Peter answering said, the Christ of God. Now if you go see the other account in Matthew 16, he says, the only reason why you know that, Peter, is because God has revealed it to you. Eyes must be open, ears must be open, so that hearts may believe. And look at this. And he straightly charged them and commanded them to tell no man that saying. You say, well, what in the world? 
And then here's what he says. The Son of Man must suffer many things, be rejected. The elders, the chief priests, the scribes, you know who those folks are? They're the people that should have known who Jesus was. They're the people who saw Jesus, had read about Jesus, and yet they had eyes and could not see. They had ears and could not hear, and they had hearts, but yet they were stoned. They were full of religion, full of self. They had not once, you find me a Pharisee that denied himself. Find me a scribe that denied himself and picked up a cross. Not a one. As a matter of fact, everything was about themselves. And you know what religion is all about? It is about yourself. Every false, unbiblical religion that is out there is nothing more than self-idolatry. It, you would even take it Satanism. You know what Satanism is? It's not even worship of Satan. It's a worship of self. You worship yourself. You are going the way of Satan. You're going the way of the devil. You're going the way of pride and idolatry. You're going a wicked, wicked way. You're going the broad way that leads to destruction. Here's what we get at. When we consider His cross, Jesus says that He must suffer. Do you know who Jesus is today? Jesus here, let me ask you this. Was Jesus in this moment, was He God? Yes. Was He in the flesh? Yes. Why? Because He is the God-man, the perfect mediator for both God and for man. All God, all man. Not a bit anything else. What we find in this is that He says that He must suffer, which shows that His purpose is to die so that we may live and rise again so that we may too rise again. Notice this, and we'll get to it in a little while. We have the Scripture that teaches us that we are dead with Him, and yet now because He's risen, we are risen with Him. We are alive with Him. All of our life is hid in Christ. We abide in Him. Everything is because of Him and through Him. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 2 for just a moment. I want us to consider Jesus here. Consider the cross of which He had to face. Philippians chapter 2 begins here uh, in verses 1-4. through four, He's talking about having some unity, having these things, having this unity together. You'll never have it unless you first consider Christ. Look at this. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought not robbery to be equal to God. Why? Because He was God, is God, forever shall be God. Jesus has never not been God. He's always been God. Now look at this. But made Himself of no reputation. And yet, at the same time, He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and end, the first and the last, the one who holds the keys to life, death, and hell. That's who He is. He says, made Himself of no reputation, took upon Him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. I don't think that we understand the humiliation that Jesus went through that the King of glory would not only take our place on the cross, but that even He would just put on flesh. That He would condescend to walk amongst people that He created, formed in fashion, that rejected Him. That He would come unto His own and His own would receive Him not. That He would come to people that had the Scripture that pointed to Him, and yet they had not eyes and ears to see and hear that He would die even for every single one that drove the nails into His hands and feet. That He would die for the very ones that spat upon Him, the very ones that had sinned against Him and wronged Him. What a humiliation that is! What a shameful thing the death of a cross is! If we were to understand 
the depths of which Christ went to for you, we just might worship Him more. We just might surrender. We just might believe. We just might trust. Here's what He says. Being found fashioned as a man, He humbled Himself. Every other God of every other wicked, vile religion has never humbled Himself a bit. And here we have our God who humbles Himself by putting on flesh to come to a humble people to die a horrible death. He says, He became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted Him and given Him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow the things in heaven, the things in earth, the things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus is foretelling His disciples that He will be humiliated and yet at the same time exalted by the cross. Do not think that the cross is a place where Jesus lost. Rather, it's where He won. Jesus is very much a victor on that cross. He dies a victor's death. and He dies to offer victory and life through His death. The cross this time was a thing of shame, dishonor. A horrible, physical, gruesome death, bloody, despised. When you got a cross laid upon your back to carry up a hill to go and die, it was going to be a terrible experience and it was designed to be. And Jesus went all the way for us. All the way. You see, we understand this though, that He humbles Himself and we go, how does this make sense? See, Jesus' life looks like this, and this is what our life should look like. Jesus' life was a picture of what the sanctified believer should look like. And it comes twofold. Jesus in His flesh, who is very much in flesh, was surrendered, submitted to the will of the Father. He said, I came not to do my own will, but the will of the One who sent me. But then what else in His flesh? He was surrendered and submitted to the work of the Spirit. Everything that Jesus did in His life and His ministry, He had already humbled Himself. He had already left heaven. He had put on flesh. Why? To surrender and submit to the will of the Father. What was the will of the Father? Do you want to know what the will of God was for Christ? It was to bruise Him. It was to crush Him. It was to see Him bloodied and beaten and stricken to save you. And then Jesus also, in the same time in His flesh, is surrendered and submitted to the Spirit. So what should the Christian life look like? Not my will, but your will. Not my work, not my effort, not my flesh, but your Spirit in me. This is why Jesus is going to tell these same disciples in a few short chapters, it is better for you that I go away. And I will not leave you comfortless, but I will send a comforter. He will come not just alongside you, but within you. And that's where we get to 1 Corinthians, where now ye are the temple of the Holy Ghost of God. For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God. We see Jesus' declaration of what He must go through, what the cross looks like, but we see Jesus' dedication to it. Jesus at this point in verse 22, He has set His face like a flint to the cross. There is nothing and no one that can stop Jesus from going to die for your sins and mine. And there will be plenty. Even the same Peter here who goes, 
you are the Christ of God, is also going to be the same night clinging, saying, you can't die. You won't die. I'll die with you. And then the same one in the garden that's cutting the ears off. You don't cut an ear off unless you're going for a head. The same Peter that that same night is going to run away and deny Jesus three times. But nothing will stop Jesus. The devil will do all that he could. Peter, unbeknownst to him, the cross was the purpose of which he came. Nothing will stop him from doing the will of the Father. And nothing will stop him doing it through the work of the Spirit. And I would ask us today, what keeps us from doing the will of our Father? Because we cease to do the work through the Spirit. That's what keeps us from the will. What keeps us from doing the will of our God, of our Heavenly Father who loves us with a love that we can't fathom, is the fact that we don't surrender all the way like Jesus did to the work of the Spirit within us. In this, we find here that if we are to be sanctified and set apart for God's use, we must consider the beauty and the terror of the crucified Christ and as well as the crucified life of a believer. There is nothing more beautiful and terrible than a cross. There is nothing more beautiful and terrible than to see what Jesus went through. We must consider His cross. Let me ask you this today before we move any further. When's the last time that you really considered the cross of Jesus? When's the last time that you really thought long and hard about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for you at that cross? Every day, we must consider this cross. The one who does not consider the cross does not know the way of the cross. The one that does not consider the cross cannot go the way of the cross. The one that does not consider the cross of Christ will never pick up his own and follow after Jesus. The one that does not first consider the cross of Christ will never be willing to lay down his life as a living sacrifice for Jesus and for His glory. We must consider His cross. Well, Harry Ironside said this, I think rightly so. God is looking for broken men who have judged themselves in the light of the cross of Christ. When He wants anything done, He takes up men who have come to the end of themselves, whose confidence is not in themselves, but in God. Have you come to the end of yourself? We need to come to the end of ourselves. Why? Because then and only then do we find the power of the cross. Then and only then do we find the work of God sanctifying us and setting us apart for His use. You want to be used of God? Praise God. That's a good thing. But consider the cross first. Long before you consider and make plans, before you consider and make programs, before you consider and make and go, well, I know God's gifted me in this way. That's fine. That's a good thing. But consider His cross first and live through it. All we have is Christ. Philippians 1.21, to live is Christ. To die is gain. For the believer, our entire life is Christ. Not just for Christ, through Christ, but it is Him. Jesus is not just all that we need and all that we must live for, but Jesus is our very life. He is the resurrection and the life. He has not just given us life, but in giving us Himself, He has given us True life. He is not just, as we talked about last week, not just died for us and done that for us for justification, 
but now our sanctification that now He lives in us. This is what the work of the cross is. Now here's, here's the part that we get to now. We must first consider the cross, but the second thing we must do is we must carry the cross. Carrying the cross does not sound so fun unless we think that it's a gold necklace around our neck or a nice cross that we're carrying out of Hobby Lobby, right? But it was 40% off, right? So it was okay. Now the cross is rugged. The cross is a means of death. Your death. My death. The only place that you will find true life and the only way that you can live the Christian life is through death. And it makes no sense to us. How can I live by dying? That's how. Look at this. The first thing we find here, if any man, there's our condition. You have your choice to make today. What you decide to do with the cross of Christ, that's up to you. But I can tell you, if you make the wrong choice today, you're going to miss out not just on eternity, but dear believer, what you do with the cross today, it has not just the eternal effect, but you're going to miss out on all the blessedness that God would give to you. I'm not talking about health, wealth, prosperity. I'm talking about He wants to give you Himself and all of Himself to you. In this, there's our condition and here's our invitation that we can come up after Him. To follow Him. That's the Christian life, to follow Him, but in my flesh I can't. But Here's what happens. He says this. If we're going to do these things, if we're going to say yes to Christ, if we're going to follow Him, if we're going to choose the sanctified life or the normal Christian life, it is a crucified and surrendered life. He says, let Him first deny Himself. To deny himself, boy, we don't know what in the world that looks like, do we? To deny ourselves, we are the capital of buffets here, aren't we? You know why? Because we want to go to a place and spend $13.99 and we don't want to deny ourselves a thing except for loosening up our belt and going to town. Why? Because we want everything. And in trying to get everything that this world has to offer, you know what we end up with? Nothing. What we need and all we need is found in Christ Jesus. To deny oneself is to deny the self-life. Where we have the Christ life and the self-life, we live lives for ourselves, whether you want to admit it or not. I don't think, honestly, if we're truly honest with ourselves today, that we understand how self-righteous we think we are. I don't think we understand how self-willed we are. We take pride in being stubborn. You know what stiff-neckedness means and hard-headedness? You know what God calls that? He calls it pride. And it's not something to be boastful about. Never boast, dear friend. And, I, and I'm guilty of this too. Let's be real, real today. All right, y'all okay with that? How often we want to will ourselves to victory. We want to pick ourselves up by our bootstraps. Notice that phrase, pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Well, it's my work. It's my boots, my straps. You know why? Because we are so full of pride. Even the most humble of us 
are prideful before God. I don't think we have any idea how self-centered we are. Gentlemen, we post on Facebook to brag on our wives. Why? Because we want people to know how much we love our wives. And in turn, how good of a husband we are. We make sure we tell our wife, hey, you uh, see I put them dishes away? Did we put the dishes away because we wanted to help? No. We did it because we wanted a pat on the back. God, you saw I read the New Testament this month. God, you saw I went to every service. God, you saw I, I, gave, I gave a little extra this week, God. God, you saw I, I, I gave that track to that person. God, you saw that, right? You saw it, didn't you? Yeah, he saw it. And he saw the real depth behind it. He saw the real reason behind it. You see, we have no idea how self-righteous and self-willed and self-centered we are until we look at the cross of Christ. Jesus died for those sins. Jesus died to save you from those things. But also this, Jesus died to keep you from being a slave to those things. See, there is no sanctification in self-will or self-strength or self-sufficiency or being self-indulgent. My, 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 me, me, me. Self, self, self. We talked about it already. You were bought with a price. The moment you were bought, you're no longer your own. Self no longer exists. How about we put it in something that we can maybe imagine that we don't take it serious enough as we ought to Marriage. To become, to become, two selves now become one. Old self is gone. The moment you trusted Jesus, you had your life, and now you don't. You've got something far greater. You have the Christ life. The life of Christ in you the very Spirit of God in you. In this, A.W. Tozer writes, the more my trust rests in God, the less I trust myself. If we truly desire to live the crucified life, we must get rid of self-trust and trust only in God. Every single one of us. The most talented preachers, teachers, deacons, singers, You have nothing. I have nothing. Those gifts, you say, well, God gave them to me. Yes, He did. Because He wants to use that gift through you. Not for you to self-will that gift and hard-head your way through life. Boy, how many lumps our hard heads get. huh? Only when we see Jesus for who He is can we see ourselves for who we really are. And when the self-life or the flesh life is seen now as a place of idolatry and prideful religion disguises false humility, that's where we're going to begin to find real sanctification. We've got to see ourselves for who we are. We've got to see God for who He is. And you want to know where both are found? At the cross. At the cross, I see who I am. 
I'm a sinner that needs salvation. I'm someone who's in the flesh that needs to be sanctified. I'm someone that can't help themselves and I come with hands up and out. And at the cross I see who God is. Someone who is full of justice and holiness and righteousness, but just as full of mercy and grace and love for the sinner. The more we think of self and less of Christ, the less we will be like Him. Everyone today wants to try to imitate Christ, but we can't imitate perfection. We must live an identity of knowing that I belong to Jesus and that is simply enough. He has died for me, He has risen for me, and He has given me His Spirit to live within me, therefore I will live in that. To deny ourselves means that our life is no longer our life, but it belongs now to Him. The self-life is exchanged for the Christ life. 2 Corinthians 5 tells us this, verse 14, For the love of Christ constraineth us, constrains us, holds us together, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live, notice this, should not henceforth live unto themselves. Deny yourself. But unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, which hath reconciled us unto himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation. He goes on through. We find that we now belong to him. Deny yourself. The second part of carrying the cross is this. Deny yourself. Secondly, we must have daily death. We must have a daily denial that we wake up every morning and go, this day is not mine. This job I'm going to, not mine. This money I'm going to earn, not mine. This family, not mine. This car, not mine. These clothes, not mine. It's all Jesus. How about this? That's our daily denial. But then there's the daily death. Wake up. I'm dead. <laughs> Amen. I'm crucified with Christ. I, old things are gone. They're passed away. All things are new. The self-life is gone. The Christ life is now. The Holy Spirit is within. I have all that I need at the cross. Daily death. Daily death. That's where you'll find life. If you want to live tomorrow morning and you want to live for God, wake up and die. And it makes no sense to us. But we must see as we consider His cross and go, I'm already dead. It's already crucified. It's already taken care of. Now, I've got to deny myself because you know what? You know what happens the moment you wake up? Self says, oh, it's time. Yourself says, what are we going to do for us today? Yourself says, hey, we need some self-love. We need some self-care in here today, right? That's hip and cool language today. You know what Jesus says? Deny yourself. And then you know what we need to do? We need to say, hey, I'm going to deny myself because self is saying, hey, hey, what, what do you want to do for you? How do you want to live? What do you want to do today for you? What's going to feel good, right? Deny that mess. And then what's the other thing happening? Well, now you got to live, don't you? So how are you going to live? Who are you going to live for? Who are you going to serve? Because I can tell you this, we are all servants of somebody or something, and much of which is ourselves. 
And God calls that idolatry. To end this, then we've got to die. Go back. How do we die? I can tell you. It's easy. You don't have to do this three simple process or try to do this certain steps. Here's what you do. How do you deny yourself? By going to the cross. How do you die daily? By going to the cross. When I wake up and self starts talking, tell him to hush. Jesus has already spoken. When self is starting to rise up and wants you to go and do what you want to do, go ahead and tell him, hush. Quit. I'm dead. Yet I'm alive. Yet not I, but Christ in me. In this, this daily death, to take up His cross daily. When you picked up a cross, you know what that meant? You're going to die. When that cross was laid upon you, you were going to die. There was no getting out of crucifixions. Even Jesus didn't get out of the crucifixion, did He? And He was innocent. Jesus got out of the grave, though. Praise God for that. No one else in the history of anybody or anywhere ever got out of a crucifixion. Once the process begun, it was going to be seen and it was going to be bloody. It was going to be horrible. Sometimes even days long of dying there. But you will die. Now in this, the great truth is this. We deny God accepts us. We die and yet God gives us life. But it's only through Christ in us. The cross of Jesus was a one-way journey and so must ours be. And all crosses lead to death, but denying, denying self, dying to self, this is what we see that we need. This is the whole of Christian life. The Christian life is fleshly death. Sanctification is twofold. We often think that sanctifying is just the mortification. That's a fancy word for putting to death sin. That's right. That's part one. You know where that happens though? At the cross. Now, what's the other part of sanctification? It's not just mortification. i got to keep stomping down sin. That's a part of it, isn't it? But what's the second part of it? This is a word that doesn't get preached much. I'm going to help you out here. Vivification. This is life now. That is putting to death those sins, that old man, that flesh, that denial, that death. But now, in that dying, in that death, there is life in Christ. Because as I decrease, He increases. That's what our life should look like. One one author once wrote, taking up my cross means a life voluntarily surrendered to God. Each one of us in this place today, if you're saved today, say amen. All right, okay, I'm making sure you're still with me. Praise the Lord. If you're alive and you're saved today, praise God for that. But now you have a choice. There's plenty of believers who will go to heaven one day, but will live the most meaningless Christian lives known to man because their lives are lived like this. Working hard, head down, focused on their work at hand, and never lifted up and out to Christ never lifted up for help, for strength, for encouragement, for that continued cross life, that crucified life. You see, we get to take it up. A criminal had it placed upon them. But you and I are no longer considered criminals in Christ, are we? Now what does He call us? He calls us sons and daughters. But we are now adopted. Whereby we now cry, Abba, Father, that the Spirit now speaks, that we can cry out to the Lord. Call Him Father. Go to the throne of grace. We can go to God directly and have fellowship, relationship with Him. 
But that also means something. That you have a choice today whether or not you will live by the cross or not. Whether you will take up your cross and follow Him or not. Whether you deny yourself, die to yourself, or whether you will live for yourself. And there are plenty of Christians who live a good church life, a good moral life, but they live it in the flesh. Jesus died to set you free from that flesh. Jesus died to set you free from the law, to give you grace. Only in death do we find life. We must die to self and the world daily, but even more, we must understand that we have already died to these things in Christ. Look at Galatians real quick. I'll turn here. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Read this last week. Read it again. I'm crucified with Christ. That's already happened. It's in the past. It's done. But it's got future and forever implications to it. So guess what? If you are saved today, you've already been crucified with Christ. The day He died, you died. Amen? Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. How can I be dead and yet alive? Well, it's not you. It's not. It's not me. But Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, because we're still in the flesh, aren't we? Yes, that's right. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Jump over to Galatians 5, uh, verse 24. tells us this. i got to get there myself. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And when we are in the Spirit, what takes place? We're dead to the flesh. We're dead to the world. It's crucified. How about chapter 6? Verse 14, But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. The world is dead to me. At least it ought to be. But the world has far too much of a grip. We want comfort, not Christ. We want to be set in our ways and to have our things, and yet we expect somehow riches and treasures in heaven when we've got so much stuff here that, that, that moth and dust are going to corrupt. And thieves and robbers will come. Everything you got one day is going to burn up. So quit worrying about it anyways. It's going to burn up. But Christ matters. Today counts for eternity. Oh, that we could catch a glimpse of what it meant for eternity. How about Romans chapter 6? Romans chapter 6, beginning in verse number 6. This daily death is found right here. Knowing this, we know this. It is understood, and we must know this, that our old man is crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. You don't have to serve sin, but you do because you want to. That's why we sin. We sin because we want to, not because we have to. We're no longer bound by it. We're crucified with Christ. We're bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus. And He's given us Himself. We can say no to sin, but we don't because we don't want to. But the crucified life says, no! Sin comes, no! Deny, run, flee, fight. Do anything you can do. Run. And where do you go? Go to the cross. He goes on. He says, 
For he that is dead is freed from sin. Not freed to sin, but freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, and we are, we believe that we shall also live with Him. We're already, what? Seed in heavenly places. Amen. Look at this. Knowing that Christ, here's some more knowing that we need, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death hath no dominion over Him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon. We got reckon this. To apply this knowledge now, ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield, that's important, your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God. How do you yield? You yield. How do you yield? Wake up. Deny. Die. It's yielding. It's giving yourself to Him. It's putting off the old man and putting on Christ. It is being crucified daily so that we can truly live in this. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15.51, I die daily. Ian Bounds writes, all of God's plans have the mark of the cross on them, and all His plans have death to self in them. The cross is what we need. Lastly, we see that we need daily denial. We need a daily death to self. But we need daily direction. It's one thing to deny yourself and to die to those sins and to even someone who doesn't know the Lord can make sure that they don't do some sort of egregious sins. Sure, they might not go out and go on a mass uh, killing spree every day. Praise God for that, right? Nevertheless, you have your choice. And here's what we need. We don't need just to deny ourselves and to die to self, but now we need our direction, our daily direction. Where is our daily direction? Where do we go? We go to the cross. We go to the cross. We go to His Word. We go to Him in prayer. And as we do so, what does He do? The cross becomes bigger than our sin. The cross becomes bigger than our problems. The cross becomes all that we need. Because it is all that we need. The daily direction is now to follow Jesus. And if we follow Jesus and we want to live like Jesus, and all of us spend so much time trying to imitate Jesus, here's what we must do. Identify with Him. What did He do? Denied. Died. And his focus was not upon himself, but rather, here's what it was. His focus was that he denied and died for us and that his focus was beyond the cross. It was the fact that he already knew he was going to raise up. It was the fact that he already knew he was going to send to the Father where he would make intercession for you and I. It was already to that heavenly city of which he's preparing a place for us. For the joy that was set before him is what Hebrews tells us. Following Jesus is less about imitating Him and more about identifying with Him. Dead, buried, risen. Dead, buried, risen. Wake up. Die. Now live. Die. Now live. Imperfect man can't imitate the perfect God-man. But the Spirit within us desires to draw us away from this world, away from ourself, and back to the cross as He denied Himself, so must we. As He died, we die. As He lived, we live. The life, death, and resurrection 
of Jesus is something that cannot be imitated in the flesh, but rather identified with in the Spirit. As we consider His cross, and we consider all that He's done to save us and to sanctify us through His cross, that's where we find real life and power over sin today. True sanctification. Sanctification, by the way, is this. It's your daily walk with Christ. It's Christ in you. Here's what this looks like. It only comes as we find our identity in the cross. We are dead, yet live. And not ourselves, but Christ in us. Wake up. Go to the cross. Mess up. Go to the cross. Do good. Have a victory. Then go to the cross. Stay there. Whatever you do, you must get to the cross. Daily, I must be directed to the cross to see what Christ has done for me and wishes to do in me and through me. We draw this all to a close today. The only way that we can live a sanctified life is through daily denial. It's through daily death. And it's through this daily direction of getting to the cross. Because when I'm at the cross and Satan comes and tells me how bad I am, I go, oh yes, I know. But he already paid for that. When my heart begins to condemn me and I go, boy, you sure did mess up again. I know. And there's the cross. Still good enough to cleanse me. Still good enough to strengthen me. Still good enough to save me, to sanctify me. All of life must be through the cross. All of life must be found in our death to self. Tozer writes this, The man with a cross no longer controls his destiny. He lost control when he picked up his cross. That cross immediately became to him an all-absorbing interest, an overwhelming interference. No matter what he may desire to do, there is but one thing he can do. That is, move on toward the place of crucifixion. So, how do we conquer this sin? Deny. Die. And direct yourself to the cross. When I'm focused on who Jesus is, what He has done then, now, and is doing, and will do, the things of earth grow strangely dim. My flesh seems to lose some of its power and luster. Lose yourself, in verse 24. Whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. If you want real life today, lose your life. Let go of your life. All to Jesus, I surrender. We sing that song, used to hear it sung a lot at altar calls and invitations, didn't we, right? I surrender all. All to Thee. And all the while we're holding something back, ain't we? Jesus doesn't want all that you can do. He just wants all of you. And once He has all of you, then He can do all that He can do through you. The Christian life. All of it.
past, present, future, saved, sanctified, glorified, is in the cross. Let me ask you today. Are you denying yourself? Or are you living for yourself? Are you waking up and and dying so you can really live? And are you directing all of your life to the cross? Today, find your salvation. Find your sanctification. Find your victory at the only place you can ever find it. And that is the cross. The power of God. Let's all stand this morning. If you have a need today, Come, this altar's open. There's folks that will come and pray with you. We'd love to bear your burdens, and the Lord would love to bear your burden. He'd love to take it because He says, come unto me. Would you come today? Come find yourself back at that cross. Come find yourself at that cross and experience power once more. Find victory once more. Come to the cross today and find all that you need. Come deny yourself. Come find your death, but yet in finding your death, find your life. Will you come today? Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank You for this time today that we could worship You, we could gather, we could fellowship. God, we thank You for that cross and for all that You've done for us. Pray that we live clinging to it, Lord, that we have nothing else to glory in save that cross of Christ. God, we thank You for the work that You're doing in hearts and lives. We pray that You would help us today as we go today, Lord, that we would rest and trust in You alone, Lord, that You'd be glorified in our lives. We thank You and praise You for this time. In Jesus' name, Amen. Hey, remain standing we'll... After this song, bless his holy name. Psalm 103.1, a psalm of David. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. 
screen today so that's all right you knew it anyway didn't you dismissed <laughs>